When I select the room cards, I never glance at the computer, let alone the guest's profile that automatically pops up on the screen when the room key is activated. I like to do this without help. I close my eyes, run my fingers over the duplicate guest's keys. Like a deck of cards waiting to be fanned out by a magician, I remove one and stick it in the box. 1709 lights up in green. In the six years I've worked here, I've never gotten this room. Until today. I've been in 70% of the quarters, and I'm as familiar with each line as I am with my own apartment. I take the elevator up. The floor is quiet, deserted. Not surprising, since 11.40 a.m. isn't a heavily trafficked time. I knock on door 1709 and wait for an answer. When another knock produces no response, I slide my pass key easily, professionally, into the opening. I announce myself, hand on the door, body half in, half still in the hall. Housekeeping, I say. Lie two. Okay, two fibs on Dale's birthday. Nothing. I glide in and stand in the entranceway, close my eyes, tilt my head slightly to the right, and catch the light aroma of... Lily. A woman is staying here. The fragrance is mature, yet fresh. I scan the area. Though housekeeping hasn't been here yet, you can tell by the way she's left the room that she's respectfully tidy. Even her shopping bags from Bergdorf, Dior, and Ferragamo are stacked neatly on the chair by the couch. In the closet, closest to the door, is a stylish duffel bag, which is free of flight check-in tickets or stickers. It's too large to fit under the seat of an airplane, but small enough to carry without struggling, and would fit comfortably on a train or in the back of a car. I check the mini refrigerator and bar to see what's been consumed. Everything is untouched. I close the bar door and inspect the desk area. The leather-bound directory, blot board, notepad, stationery, in-room service listing, and menu all seem undisturbed. I enter the bedroom, noticing that the pillows have been aligned and placed up against the headboard. The comforter and sheet pulled up and smoothed out. The bathroom is clean, used towels folded neatly over the tub. On the vanity table sit three small LV bags. The first is filled with enough Chanel makeup to impress the salespeople at Barney's. I apply some blush, warm mocha, with the enclosed brush, and then spray some of her Jessica McClintock perfume on my wrist. Another bag holds a set of Chanel travel size bottles, toner, face cleanser, eye cream, moisturizer, and anti-aging serum. I save the best part for last. The third bag is filled with personal items, toothbrush, toothpaste, eye drops, and a bottle of pills. I love the sight of a punched out V or K, a few small tablets of lavender or yellow or white pills, mood enhancers, elevators and downers, painkillers and relaxants, all in similar small see-through rusty-colored plastic bottles with white tops. Valley of the Dolls, anyone? I read the recommended dose, then see if I know the name of the doctor or patient. Her medication selection is disappointing. There's only one type of pill inside, 
and the bottle of Xanax belongs to Ben Theron. Her husband? Lover? I reach for a glass, fill it with water, wash down one of Mr. Theron's pills, which I'm hoping will help me relax, then wipe the glass clean and replace it in its original spot. Back in the bedroom, I open another closet. Several pairs of pants hang motionless next to a navy jacket. The first dresser drawer has a sweatshirt and matching pants, control top underwear and t-shirts. The next drawer reveals three silk shirts. I touch the cream-colored one, then remove it from its resting spot. It smells like her perfume. I twirl in front of the mirror, the silk shirt held up to my chest until I feel dizzy. I fall back onto the bed, her shirt draped over me like a shadow. I close my eyes and listen.